0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Bothell Amplified. Pastor Joe here. Uh, today, I was off-site. Uh, I had the privilege of joining in with University Congregational UCC in downtown Seattle, where I shared a message on love and on being called to do love. Uh, and I was so grateful that uh, while I was there, Sharon Ryder was present with our community here at Bothell and preached as she closed out our series, Activated to Love. She preached preached on the parable of the sheep and the goats from Matthew 25, Uh, check out this sermon here.
1: Good morning. My name is Floyd Green, and today we conclude our sermon series, Activated to Love, by reading the conclusion of Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 to 46. When the Son of Man comes into his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations shall be gathered before him and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats and he will put the sheep At his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food, I was thirsty. And you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him Lord, when was it? just as you did it to one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it to me. Then he will say to those on his left hand, you who are accursed, depart from me into the eternal fire, prepared for the day devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not give me clothing. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, You did not do it to me, and these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Holy words for God's people.
2: Well, good morning, church. I am always blessed by the opportunity to share with you, and today is no different. So thank you for being here, and um, I look forward to our next few minutes together. The last several weeks we've spent in the book of Matthew exploring the hope that we have that Christ will return, and we, as his followers, need to be ready for that day. One commentary actually calls this section the call to readiness. And we see this call in the parables of the faithful and wise servants whom the master finds fulfilling their responsibilities as he returns. And then the five wise bridesmaids who took their lamps and their oil so they were ready for when the bridegroom returned. And then last week, the story of the three servants given the n- different number of talents and what they decided to do with them. In all of these parables, it is quite clear that Jesus is telling those who follow him to be prepared for what he, when he does return. This is not a time for sitting still. There are things to be done and preparations to be made. I wonder what Jesus' followers thought about all of this. Why would he be talking about his return when he's still with them? but all along he has been preparing them for what comes next. The time is coming soon that Jesus will begin his journey towards Jerusalem and ultimately the cross. When I was in high school, my parents decided to purchase a board game as a family Christmas present for us to play together. Their hope was twofold in purchasing it. One, that we would do something fun, and that... Two, the Christian principles built into this game would be reinforced through our play. The name of the game was Generosity. Has anybody played it or heard of it? (laughs) When I did a Google search on it this week, I found several copies tagged as Vintage on eBay and other online sellers. After recovering from the fact that one of my childhood games is now called Vintage... I was able to find an online copy of the directions. The object of the game is to reinforce biblical values regarding money. The object, therefore, is to lay up treasures in heaven by serving others through properly motivated generosity. There are four kinds of cards that are the tools that you use to put money into your heavenly treasure chest envelope, which is the money that will determine who is the winner of the game. And as you might imagine, the one with the most money wins. Which I'm not sure is a biblical... um, (laughs) I'm not sure that's biblical. (laughs) Anyway, um, generosity cards are charitable acts that you do, and afterwards the money you receive goes straight into your heavenly treasure chest. Makes sense, right? Special opportunity cards are opportunities to give away some of the money you already have. This money also goes straight into your... heavenly treasure chest. There are help your neighbor cards. These cards are for helping the player on your right if they are hit with a financial obligation by paying half of their debt. And as you probably guessed, this money goes straight into your heavenly treasure chest. Sounds like a pretty logical but kind of boring game just by this description. What I've not told you yet is that there, that all of these opportunities have the possibility of being taken away If your attitude isn't right, yes, before you can put any of the money in your treasure chest, you also have to pick an attitude card. Attitude cards say whether your attitude is right or wrong, right? Attitudes get to put their money in the envelope, wrong attitudes have that money go to the bank. And I wish I had had the cards because um, they were pretty funny in the way that they talked about your attitude. Um, I'm sure parents of teenagers at that time were quite excited about attitude talk. Being a parent of teenagers myself. Um, So several times the one who we thought would win because of the amount of money in their envelope would be dismayed when the attitude card selected proclaimed their attitude was not right. I found myself agreeing with one online reviewer's comment It's funny how the randomness of a card telling me whether I have a right attitude or not can still make me tense, anticipating the possible negative outcome. I think my parents would be happy knowing that a game we played together a handful of times several decades ago still holds a place in who I am. I'm still reminded to check my attitude, my motivation of doing the things that I do in my daily life, how I encounter other people, when I see a need, do I willingly do what needs to be done? Do I pull the bad attitude card? More times than I care to admit. In a lot of ways, it reminds me of our story today. Today, we get the final judgment when the King, Jesus, returns and all of the nations are gathered, and he separates those who are found faithful, the sheep, from those who are not, the goats. I think I've mentioned before how I tend to cinema- cinematically picture dramatic Bible events in my head. I think part of that is because I watched the Ten Commandments growing up as a kid and, you know, the big parting of the Red Sea and all of those kinds of things. This is one of those times. A huge gathering of people, the king standing in front, a long line dividing down the, right down the middle, and somehow the people move to one side or the other, like I said like the Red Sea. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. Naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. In preparation for today, I learned that prison during this time was mostly a place where an offender was held while awaiting trial. It was the responsibility of the person's family or friends to provide food and drink for this person until the trial was over. I would guess that some of the sheep on the right visited those who had no family or friends in order for the prisoner's daily needs to be met. Yet they asked, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and invite you in or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer them and say, Truly I say to you, to the extent that you did it to one of these brothers of mine, even the least of them you did to me. This is keeping in a line with the Jewish concept of shaliah which regards the king's emissary as if he were the king so whatever you do to someone else you're doing it to the king that's the good things and the bad things i have no doubt that there was surprise from those on the right side of the line not to mention those on the left when the king tells them that they have extended this love to him they cannot imagine when it could have been By extending care, meeting the physical and emotional needs to the least of these, they had no idea that they would be rewarded for this kindness. There was no calculation in their generosity. They gave because they were moved by human need, not by the potential for reward. It isn't because they saw Jesus in the people they served. They simply treated all people with love. You might say that they had picked a good attitude card. Now to those on the left. Then he will also say to those on the left, Depart from me, accursed ones, into the eternal fire, which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I was naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they themselves will also answer, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry? Thirsty, a stranger, naked, sick or in prison and not take care of you. And then he answers, to the extent that you did not do it to the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. So I wonder if there were those on the left side who wanted to ask, "Well, why didn't you tell it, tell us it was you? We would have done things differently had we known." But remember, those on the right side didn't realize really what they were doing either, but they still tended the needs of others. Something motivated them to action. Feeding the hungry, giving drink to the thirsty, welcoming the stranger, clothing the naked and visiting the sick and prisoners grows out of the disciples' commitment to Christ, the one who shows us the way to love, which activates us to love. I would imagine that some on the left side were upset because they did acts of charity. Perhaps this is where one of those bad attitude cards shows up. 1 Corinthians 13.3 says, If I give away all my possessions and hand over my body so that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. It is our commitment to Christ, the relationship of the shepherd to his sheep, that is the difference. This is an invitation to God's kingdom the summons to discipleship, those who have experienced God's kingdom, cannot go back to the way it once was. Stanley Hauerwas writes, the difference between followers of Jesus and those who do not know Jesus is that those who have seen Jesus no longer have any excuse to avoid the least of these. So what does that mean for us today, October 23, 2022? I think it's crucial for us to take a look at who we are as Christians, to take inventory of how well we know and follow our shepherd. As part of our United Methodist heritage, I would challenge us to revisit John Wesley's means of grace, the ways God works invisibly in disciples, hastening, strengthening, and confirming faith so that God's grace pervades in and through disciples. This includes the works of piety, So individually, you're reading, meditating, and studying the scriptures, praying, fasting, regularly attending worship, healthy living, and sharing our faith with others. As a community, we are regularly sharing the sacraments. We are accountable to one another, and we study the Bible. And then there are the works of mercy, which are individually doing good works, visiting the sick, visiting those in prison, feeding the hungry, and giving generously to the needs of others. As a community, we seek justice, ending oppression and discrimination and addressing the needs of the poor. For Wesley, the outward actions were empty without the inward change of the heart. and the yeah. and the inward change of the heart, if genuine, would necessarily result in a new way of living. This is reflected in his writings, including this one as I close. Thou shalt love the neighbor as thyself. Neither is love content with barely working no evil to our neighbor. It continually incites us to do good as we have time and opportunity to do good in every possible kind and in every possible degree to all. May it be so for all of us. Amen. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you that you are a loving, gracious God. Thank you that you've offered us forgiveness and the gift of new life in you. Thank you that your love is perfect, it never fails, and that nothing can separate us from it. Fill our hearts with the love that you freely give. Make our love our first and last thoughts. May we love others and freely give to them. Make our spirits of joy, happiness, and love for all we encounter. Help us love abundantly as you have loved us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: All right, so that was our last sermon of the series Activated to Love. A huge thank you to Sharon Ryder, a member of our community, candidate on the ordination track and uh, somebody who serves uh, our community through her work with individuals with special needs and families of individuals with special needs Uh, we're grateful for her for bringing the word and message today Uh, come back next week we're going to honor all the saints who have gone before us this year as we honor all saints day and we will uh, see you then have a wonderful wonderful week